Assalamu alaikum. We're here today with another surah, Surah uh, Surah Quraysh. The surah pertaining to Quraysh. Now, bit of background information. Quraysh is the tribe from which the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam comes. Um, it's it's the tribe that he belongs to. And a tribe um, in Arabia will have little clans that come under it. So under Quraysh, you had Banu Hashim, Banu Abdi Manaf, Banu Abdul Muttalib. Um, you know, just think of it as you have like a, a a large, massive family, and then under that you have uh, various other families. Like you could say, for example, Khan, or you know, one of the popular, you know, kind of very popular names, Al Al Rashid, Al Sheikh, Al Salih in in the Hijaz, in the kind of Gulf regions. And in every country, you have you know like uh, a larger family tree, a name which which denotes a you're belonging to a larger kind of a very large family. And then you have, you know, specific tribes underneath, uh, sorry, clans underneath that, uh, smaller groups of people that, that belong to the same tribe. So this surah, the previous surah was specifically speaking to the Arabs, reminding them of Allah's favors upon them, uh, the Arabs of Mecca particularly. Now again, this surah is a surah that's Makkiyah. It's, it's revealed when the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is early on in his mission, when he is living in Mecca, uh, rather before he migrates. And this surah is addressing specifically the tribe of Quraysh. Not, not the Arabs, it's, it's specifically addressing the tribe of Quraysh. We still have a lot to learn from it. So, why is it addressing the tribe of Quraysh? Um, the first reason is because Muhammad وسلم, is from Quraysh, so Allah, out of honoring the Prophet and kind of um, giving him importance, Allah gives his tribe, the, the people immediately around him, he gives them importance. Um, and the second is, is not just because the Prophet وسلم, is from them, but also because ta'ziman lahum, ta'ziman li Quraysh, um, the author of this book, Sheikh Saleh, mentions, out of giving importance to the tribe themselves. Um, because for many years, this is the tribe that, you know, they, they live beside the Kaaba, they kind of take care of the Kaaba, um, and, and the Kaaba is Allah's house, etc., etc. So to honor them, and also to call them to, call them to Islam. Now, um, in this surah, if you can see the, if you see the translation of this surah in your workbook, if you see the translation of this surah in general, um, the way the the way the surah is structured, this, the sentences are actually reorganized for emphasis. So the actual the actual way the surah, in terms of the way um, the meaning of the surah, uh, starts with ayah three, ayah number three, where Allah says, "Faliyabudu al-bayt." You know, let these let these Meccans, let these Qurayshis, this the, the tribesmen of this tribe, let them worship the Lord of this of the sacred house of the Kaaba, and and that's because of their affiliation with the Kaaba. That's the house that they know. They've seen it for so many years, for centuries upon for, you know for centuries upon centuries. So Allah refers to this house. This is the house that you know. Worship the Lord of this house. Um, and and why should they worship the Lord of this house? Allah begins to remind them of certain blessings and favors. He especially gave them that he didn't give others. Ayah number four. The one whom, meaning Allah, the one whom, you know, he fed them despite hunger, rather against hunger, and he gave them safety against fear. But also worship the Lord of this house and then read the first two verses. That's how the, the flow is supposed to be in terms of the meaning of the, of the ayahs. Um, worship the Lord of this house because of the safety of Quraysh, li'ilafi Quraysh. 
worship the Lord of this house because of the safety he gave you on your summer and winter journeys. So the central ayah, the central command, the point of the surah is ayah number three. Why don't they worship or let them worship the master, the Lord of this house, the Kaaba? Um, you know, if, the, if that's a bit confusing, um, it's possibly because in Arabic, sentences can be restructured to place emphasis. And sometimes we do this in English as well. Uh, you know, for example, um, if we're trying to tell somebody, you, know, you did them a favor, you say, you know, for all the things I've done to you, you should respect me. You know, for all the favors, for all the 20 years that I took care of you, you should at least, you know, uh, you know give me a call every now and then. So first we mention the blessing and then we mention what we want them to do. So here in this surah, similarly, Allah first mentions the blessings he emphasizes, you know, and then he mentions uh, what they should be doing based on those blessings. Um, so in reality, the crux of, of the surah, the, the central element of the surah, the central sentence of the surah is فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ Now, uh, back to Quraysh. لِإِلَافِ Quraysh. إِلَاف مِنَ يَأْلَفُ is this idea of them being accustomed to or kind of safe. So Allah just mentions because of the safety or the, because of the safety of Quraysh. Um, what about the safety of Quraysh? Second ayah. So specifically, their safety and security when they made their winter and summer trips. So they would go to Yemen in the winter and they would go to Syria, uh, not really Syria, but the Levant region, Syria, Palestine, Lebanon, that, that area, uh, sorry, uh, Syria, Lebanon and a few other countries. That area, that region, they would go there in the summer. And why did Allah mention this winter and summer? Uh, why did he specify that detail of information? Um, it's because Sheikh Saleh mentions that they were they had such a luxury that they could choose when they wanted to go, whenever you know where they wanted to go, whenever they wanted to go. So when it was hot in the summer, they would go to a cold country, um, like like Syria, the Levant area. And when it was cold in the winter, they would go to a hot country like Yemen. You know, it's like um, you know, spending your winter in Saudi Arabia. And, and spending your summer in England. It's, you have so much luxury of choice. So Allah, Allah mentions that they, whenever they wanted, whenever it suited them, they could have the conditions that they, they loved and they enjoyed. Um, so Allah is saying, at least for this blessing, meaning, as Sheikh Saleh mentions that, if you're not going to worship Allah because, uh, because of who He is and because of His divinity and these logical reasons, at least worship him for these favors he's kind of especially given to you over anybody else. At least worship him out of debt of gratitude to him. At least. لِإِلَافِ قُرَيْشٍ So, فَلْيَعْبُدُ رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ Let them worship the Lord of this house. So Allah here emphasizes this, this idea that he is the Lord of this house. He is the, the master of this house, which is the, the Kaaba. And he specifies the Kaaba, although he's a master of everything, he's a lord of everything. He, he speci specified the Kaaba, I'm lord of the Kaaba, uh, to give it importance and to give it prestige and a status. And because the Arabs themselves, Quraysh especially, they gave a big status to the Kaaba. It was a very important symbol to them, a symbol of their forefathers, of their ancestry, of their culture and heritage. Allah says, I am the lord of that house that you claim as your culture and heritage and all these things you seem so attached to it. I'm the Lord of it. I created it. It's mine. Um, 
So, Allah mentions, فَلْيَعْبُدُ رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ Let them worship the, the Lord or the Master of this house. Who is this Lord? Allah then begins to describe Himself by mentioning some of the blessings He gave them. الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ مِنْ جُوعٍ The one who fed you despite, like, against hunger. وَآمَنَهُمْ مِنْ خَوْفٍ Fed them despite hunger and kept them safe against fear. Now, these two blessings are, are specified for Quraysh or, uh, for, for a number of reasons. The first reason is that um, we know from the, the dua of Ibrahim السلام, from the supplication that the Prophet Ibrahim makes that that region, that desert region of Arabia where Mecca lies is as he describes it's a, it's a completely empty, dry, barren land. There's nothing there. Um, and so how on earth did an de empty, desert, barren land you know, ended up having all of these supplies and food and visitors and all of this stuff? You know, Allah has specially, especially favored them because what they would have fallen into is hunger uh, by, by virtue of the surroundings they're in. And then after that, min They are in the middle of the desert. There are so many desert bandits. There are Bedouins. And, and also relating to their trips. So on their trips also. So, so this statement, these two blessings are in general and also relating to their trips because these are not, not two-hour flights from, from Saudi Arabia to Yemen or from Saudi Arabia to, to Syria. These are trips that lasted months on camels and horseback. And, and what kept them safe from bandits, what kept them safe from, from caravans, and, and they would notice that their caravans and their tradespeople would be safe and others would be kind of attacked. Why did Allah give them that, that favor, that blessing, that, that special attention? Um, and, and also in general, the Kaaba was kept safe. Allah mentioned the Quran. Uh, he made it haraman aminan. He made it a sacred and a safe place. And because they lived around that sacred and safe place, Allah never allowed any harm to touch them. Just like in the previous surah, when an army came to attack the Kaaba, but Allah saved them. So by virtue of be their attachment to the Kaaba, Allah kept them safe. He's protected them. He, he's given them these blessings. Um, and so whenever they would go for for trade and things like that, people would not. People would not attack them because these are the people of the Kaaba. You know, these are the people that take care of the Kaaba. These are the people of Mecca. You know, people had given them a place of respect and honor, especially in the in the Arabian Peninsula. So Allah is, is listing to them uh, these blessings, uh, contextual blessings in, in their regard. So the conclusion of that that uh, these blessings is at least for the fact that Allah has saved you from hunger, given you special status amongst the Arabs, given you all of these things. Um, that Allah has given you a right of passage to trade east or west, summer or winter. Allah has given you that freedom, that luxury. When in reality, if not for Allah's house, if not for the Kaaba, they would have been nothing. This is the subtle, this is the subtle ishara in this surah that even in the previous surah of Surah Al-Fil, this importance that they give to the Kaaba and actually the importance the Kaaba gave to them. The fact that Allah made them the people living around the Kaaba is what made them important. And if it was not for that Kaaba, would there be trade? Uh, you know, would there be such a big population? Would they have that safety? Would they have that respect? Possibly not. So, so, so Allah's conclusion is that don't assume, don't become too thick-headed and too uh, kind of 
the, the reflection that we get from what Allah says to these, uh, these Qurayshis is don't become too big-headed due to the status you've received due to the Kaaba because I am the one who gave you the Kaaba and I am the one who gave you the status. Um, and so, th so this is the, the mujmal, the kind of summarized understanding of this surah. Some points to reflect on. Allah here mentions some very specific blessings he exclusively gave to Quraysh. All of us in our own lives, we have special and exclusive blessings that we have that our neighbors don't have, our cousins don't have. Uh, you know, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's lovely parents, uh, whether it's um, being fortunate enough to be born into a family that takes care of you and develops you religiously, uh, whether it's an education, whether it's, it's your profession, whether it's um, your health, you know, perhaps you have a family ridden or, or, or people around you ridden rid with, with, with some, some kind of, um, you know, some kind of illnesses, there's cancer going around, but Allah has saved you from that. Perhaps you are, you are knowledgeable and others are, you know, not so much. So Allah has given you some unique talent that he hasn't given others. And it's important for us to extract that and realize Allah has given us something. He hasn't, Allah has made us unique and He's favored us uniquely and we should be thankful for that unique blessing. Allah mentions in the Quran, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا دَاوُدَ وَسُلَيْمَانَ عِلْمًا وَقَالَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي فَضَّلَنَا عَلَى كَثِيرٍ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah says, we gave Dawood and Sulaiman something we did not give anybody else, which is knowledge. We gave them a special, specially gave them this, this Islamic knowledge, this knowledge of Allah. Uh, and also the knowledge of, of, of things that Dawood knew, for how to mold iron, uh, you know, how to command these fleets of ships and of, of these large armies, etc., etc. We gave them ilm. And so they both said, father and son in unison, together, Alhamdulillah, gratitude is to Allah, Alhamd is for Allah. And He is the one who has preferred us, given us special attention, a special virtue over so many of his other slaves. You know, I, I for example, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah that, that Allah gave me the ability, the opportunity to share some knowledge with you and He hasn't given that opportunity to so many of His slaves. Alhamdulillah for, for this specific blessing that Allah has given me that He hasn't given for so many, to so many others. So to be able to sit down and actually think about those blessings that you uniquely have been given with, this is a special form of gratitude. And then for that gratitude to actually move us to do ibadatullah, to worship Allah. And it's in its broadest sense, do, to do anything that pleases God. Uh, you know, earning for our families, exercising, salah, prayer at night, voluntary fasts, anything that to do for that gratitude, that indebtedness to Allah to push us, to move us, to stand in front of Him with humility and say 17 times a day, Alhamdulillah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Gratitude, praise, thanks uh, for His internal qualities belongs to Allah, Master of the Worlds. To say that with feeling, to say that with meaning, to say that with motive, to say that with genuineness. 17 times a day, takes this exercise of sitting down and thinking about the blessings and the favors Allah has uniquely singled us out for and He hasn't given to so many others. And if you have a healthy spouse and healthy children and you have a working profession where you are paid, you are already perhaps in the top 10% of the world. You know, you know if, you, if, you, if you're living in a country that is developed where your healthcare is taken care of and, and XYZ, you are already in the top 5% in the world. Yeah. These are the blessings we don't realize until someone spells them out to us, until actually they're taken away, we don't realize them. And so that gratitude that we show to Allah has to be holistic, not just by tongue, but by, by, by body, by mindset, by attitude. It's something that we can take away from the surah. What, what do you think we can take away from the surah? Do share your reflections and your thoughts.